get a tattoo on your head, but to make a great commitment, unless you're willing to go that far, you know, how far are you willing to go for Christ? Um, it, to make a great commitment, to make a commitment to radically change the way you live your life, and that is to follow the way of Jesus and to follow, in essence, the great commandment. And that's where we find ourselves today at the great commandment. Now, I, I will say that, you know, okay, there are 613 laws that God gave the Israelites, right? 613. Can anyone name them? Yeah. <laughs> Can anybody get like 100 of them? No? How? 50? Anyone? 50? Come on, Big Daryl. Surely you got 50 in you somewhere. 50? No? How about 40, 30, 20, 10? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 10. Now we're getting a little better. People are going, okay, now you're in my wheelhouse. Now uh, we're starting to speak my language. Okay, 10. Even 10 is a little bit too much for some of us, right? If you notice throughout the Old Testament, if you watch this, God kind of makes it easier for us by prophets narrowing the commandments down, narrowing the laws down into commandments and saying, okay, this is a lot, so let me sum up for you. Let me give you 10. And then one of the prophets took took it down to three, and then one to two, and then a couple of them took it to one. So when Jesus comes along, and Jesus knows the 613 laws, he knows the Ten Commandments that were given by Moses, he knows the way that Isaiah broke it down, the way that uh, Habakkuk broke it down, he knows the way that Micah broke it down into just one. And, And so the Pharisees come to him and they ask him this question, what is the greatest commandment, because this was a theological debate of their time. This is one of the things that they would talk about a lot. You might wonder, I know that we're always, generally always late uh, starting the service. Um, you know, it's because we just start talking back there and we forget the time. And now we have an intercom system, and every now and then Stacy will get on the intercom or John and go, do you know what time it is? Um, we're like, oh, no. Uh, but today, Daryl and I were actually having a theological debate back there about the book of Esther. Um, he and I, he's wrong, but he and I were uh, debating some of the, uh, the aspects of the book of Esther. And he's in seminary right now. And he goes, I just wrote a paper on it. And so I know, and I'm like, what? Seminary doesn't do anything for you. I know. Um, but, uh, so that's why we were late today. So these discussions go on all the time. And this is one of those things that the Jews, you know, talked about. Because, well, who wants to remember 613 laws, right? That's hard. That's hard to remember 613. And then sometimes you get into an aspect of, of law where the two, you know, out of 613, there will be times when one law says one thing of a situation and another law says another thing and they contradict one another. For example, out at Riverside, remember Swine Flu Sunday, 2009? Yeah! Remember that was awesome, wasn't it? It's like spring break 09, Swine Flu 09. Um, out in Comel School District, they shut down. And that's where Riverside, our plant church is. And the authorities out there were saying, do not gather together. Do not meet in big assemblies. Now, Scripture says, let nothing prevent you from meeting in large assemblies and worshiping God. But it also says, obey the authorities. So which one do you go with? Well, Riverside chose not to have services on that Sunday, as did, I think, most churches out there. But you see sometimes how those things can kind of come into conflict. So it can kind of be confusing for those of us here on earth who aren't that really smart. So what they were always trying to do is narrow it down. Give us just something to live by. And in Mark chapter 12, the Pharisees asked Jesus 
the question. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the discussion. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Of all of the summaries of the law, which is the one that is the most important? And this is what Jesus says. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and only one. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your mind. And the second, which is equally important, is love your neighbor as yourself. So when the Pharisees came to him and said, what's the biggest commandment? He says, easy, love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. Just as important, love your neighbor as yourself. We'll get into that one next Sunday. But the first one, the Shema. Now, some of you might have been familiar with that when I started doing the Hebrew right there. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Because you've been on a raid trip or you've been in the sanctuary. In the sanctuary, before they read scripture, every Sunday at every service, they recite that. It's printed in the bulletin. David walks them through step by step in the Hebrew. And then they go into the English and they recite it together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. Why? Because it's a pretty big deal, isn't it? That's what a Jew would have done. A Jew would have done this when he woke up. A Jew would have done it when he went to bed. A Jew would have done it many times throughout the day to remind themselves to love God with everything. To love God with everything. Leave nothing on the field. Ray Vanderlyn uh, likes to say that when he, uh, when he dies, he wants to have on his tombstone written something to the effect of, he left no kick in him. Like he did everything he could to tell people about Jesus Christ. He did everything he could to teach people about God and the Bible, that he just left it all out on the field, that nothing prevented him from releasing that fire in his chest. Nothing, because he wants to love God with everything, without fail. Now, from time to time, we do some interesting things in here. And this morning when Deanna walked up here during the song Hungry, some of you were probably wondering what the heck she was doing. Some of you probably couldn't see because of where you're situated. But she fell to her knees and she poured oil at the cross. Like Mary. Fell to her knees. You know, the disciples didn't understand what she was doing necessarily. She was loving God with everything. Nothing is going to stop me from falling at the knees of the Messiah. Falling at the feet of the Messiah, just releasing everything I have to him. Nothing is going to prevent me from doing that. I am going to hold nothing back, not even the most expensive of perfumes. If you know the scripture right after she does this, in John's version it says Judas, in Mark's it doesn't say, but Judas says... What's the deal? Why is she spending that wonderful perfume just washing your feet? Why don't we go and sell it? He had a little ulterior motives going on because he was robbing the kitty, as it were. 
But Jesus is like, no, you don't get it. She's loving me, just loving me with everything. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And if you look in, also in Mark chapter 12, a little bit further than when Jesus says the great commandment, the most important commandment, verse 41 Jesus went over to the collection box in the temple and sat and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two pennies. He called his disciples to him and said, I assure you, this poor widow has given more than all the others have given. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything. She's given everything. She loves God so much that she's willing to just give it all. Give it all. Flip over to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel, this is uh, one of my favorite stories because David is just a freak. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6, if you got it. So David, verse 12 is where I am. So David went there and brought the ark to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying had gone six steps, they stopped and waited so David could sacrifice an ox and a fatted calf. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly tunic. Read boxers. So David and all Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with much shouting and blowing of trumpets. Verse 21, David retorted to Michael because Michael came out and kind of, she, she got on to him for making a spectacle of himself. I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and his family. He appointed me as the leader of all Israel, the people of the Lord. So I am willing to act like a fool in order to show my joy for the Lord. Yes, I, I'm even willing to look more foolish than this. I'm willing to go all out in crazy abandoned love for my God because I love God more than anything. And nothing is going to hold me back. No fear of people looking at me and going, look at that guy. What what a goofball. Yeah, I love God that much that I'm willing to do that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. I wonder how often we do that. How often do we truly love God with everything? I mean, just everything. When I was in high school, I played basketball. And I was not good at offense. Um, I was not a, an asset to our team on the offensive side. However, I was a great defender. I was one of those guys who people hated to get defended by because I was dirty. I would grab your shorts and pull you into me. I would knock with my knees and, like, try to take your knees out and stuff. In fact, they, one of my nicknames on my team was Knees, Knees Crocker, because I, I had a way of taking guys out of games. I'm not really necessarily proud of it. I am, okay? <clears throat> it was great. I made all defensive team a few years in a row because I was dirty. And my father always told me, if you don't foul out of a game, then you're not trying hard enough. So I was really trying hard. So I fouled out of a couple games um, here and there. Uh, and, and it was one of those things. And, and one, one of the things that my coach told me that really just stuck in me was he said, just get all, go animal on them. He called it animal defense. Just go all absolutely nuts to this other team to shut them down. Because we weren't a tall team. I was our center. Yeah, six foot two. We played against seven footers. You know, and, and this is, 
go all animal on them. Just be all over them so they can't move. Everything you have, leave it out on the court. And, and that's what I did. So when Jesus is asked, what's the great commandment? He says, go all animal over God. Get all over it. Be all up in God's grill. I'm going to just talk to y'all because y'all are so much more fun than they are. <laughs> be just all over God. Just be so in God's, be in God's word. Constantly be reading the word of God. Constantly be worshiping God every moment of the day. Constantly be praying to God. Constantly be listening for God's voice. Always, in everything you do, give thanks and praise to God. Always, in everything you do, worship God with everything you have. Be like David walking in front of the ark and don't care what anyone else thinks because you love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your might. That's what he asks of us. Love me unconditionally. Love me uncontrollably. Fall on your knees and give him everything. Because seriously, when we look at what he did, is it too much to ask? Is it too much to ask since he has given you life that you would love him? Over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the other side of this. The neighbor's side, the second side of it, it's not the other side. Loving your neighbor. So, so what does it mean? What does it look like if you put loving God with everything into your life and you follow it up with loving your neighbor? You know, Daryl asked everybody to turn their cell phones off. And, and I'm going to ask you right now, how many of you who have a cell phone with you did not turn it off. Just be bold. Just raise your hand and say, I didn't do it. There's one right there. Two, three, four. How many of you who have a cell phone did turn it off? Just completely. Y'all are getting into heaven. <laughs> Only if you believe in Jesus Christ. But, you know, I mean, it, it, that end. Here's the deal. So often in our life, we want to be that all-loving, all-crazy, animal love for God person. We do, but there's just something that holds us back. Isn't it? There's some little, some little voice in the back of your mind that says people are going to look at you differently. People are going to react to you differently. People are going to say things about you. Here comes that crazy Crocker guy. He's always talking about the love of Jesus, blah, blah, blah. You know, don't you have that voice? If you start living your faith. David has this idea that he thinks everybody at their place of business should put a little box on the corner of their desk labeled prayers with a little slit in it. And just invite people to stick prayers in there and that, and that he would pray for them, or that you would take those prayers and pray for those people. As, as he was saying this one time, I mean, in my office, I was like, okay, sure, that's not a big deal. I work in a church. <laughs> I should be doing that anyway. I started thinking about people in places of business, and, 
And the fact that you, some places of business don't want you to bring your faith into work, especially if you're a teacher. It's against the law to bring your faith into work. But how can you do it? How can you live your life in such a way that you're not afraid of what the world is going to say? You're not afraid of what's going to happen to you, the consequences of what's going to happen. Look at the disciples and the consequences of their, their life of faith. Most of them were murdered for it. That didn't stop them. That didn't stop them from hearing the words of Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. It didn't stop them from being all out loving of God. What's holding you back? What is it? What is it in your life that's holding you back? Because there's something, I know it. I know it. There's stuff in my life. Laziness primarily is one of them. Isn't that funny? That I'm sometimes too lazy to love God with everything? What does that look like? Well, I don't wake up early enough to really get into a quiet time all the time. I don't go that extra mile when I see somebody in need and say, you know what, I do need to go over there, even though I know God's leading me that direction because I have other things going on. Lazy. Inconvenience. All those things. Now, Daryl asked you to put your cell phone away and to turn it off today. I'm going to ask you to do something different. Block the world out. (laughs) A little bit harder, isn't it? Silence that voice that tells you not to love God with everything. Hear the words of Jesus Christ as he says, this is what God wants you to do. This is the biggest law of them all. You want me to sum up all 613? Boom, right here. Love God uncontrollably. Love God uncontrollably. How many of you would have been embarrassed to walk up here and to get on your knees and to pour the oil at the bottom of the cross today? You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of you would have thought, I could never do that in front of people? I could never be that person to go up there. How awkward is it for Deanna to come up here and to get on her knees and to pour and what people are thinking about her? Some of you are thinking that. How many of you think you could never get up here on this stage and come and give your testimony and tell people how God has touched your life because you just don't have that gift? My wife doesn't. Now people won't stop talking about how great she is up here talking. I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty good too. Just kidding, baby. You're awesome. How many times do we turn away from an opportunity to love God because of fill in the blank? Stop it. Let it end today. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Let us pray. Gracious and heavenly Father, you are the God of all things, the God of all creation. You have loved us so much, even in our darkest moments, so much that you were willing to give your life for us. 
When somebody asked Jesus what it is that you want of us, what the law comes down to, you said, just love me. Love me with everything, with every aspect of who you are. Love me. God, sometimes we fail to do that. For whatever reason it is, Lord, sometimes we miss those moments. Forgive us for those, God. Forgive us for those times when you have asked us to love you and we've chosen to do something different. Lord, I pray that you would pray that you would help us to right now, this very moment, to no longer let those occurrences happen, to no longer allow anything to prevent us from loving you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, and all of our mind. In the name of Jesus.